Welcome. You're listening to The Sacristy, a podcast where we seek to learn, discuss, and exult in the faith delivered once for all to the saints as it has been passed down in the Anglican tradition. I'm Father David Bumstead, the rector of Emmanuel Episcopal Church in the Audubon Park neighborhood of Orlando, Florida. I'm joined by my triumphant co-host. So triumphant. So triumphant. I'm Father Matthew Ainsley, the prospective vicar of All Souls Episcopal Church, a church plant in Horizon West, Florida, which will, Lord willing, begin having services on November 3rd. Like this November 3rd. Like this November 3rd. The one that's very, very soon. Very, very, very soon. And we're joined by... Assistant to the rector, a la Dwight Schrute, uh, <laughs> Father Joshua Gritter at uh, Trinity Episcopal Church in Vero Beach. We are real priests with real jobs and real churches, and service times are in our bio. We'd love for you to join us for worship if you're ever in town with us. Uh, and we have we have been joined by Father Josh Gritter. We literally dragged him out of uh, lunch at, the, at our diocesan uh, clergy day here uh, in Central Florida. And we want to apologize oh, yeah. to him because he's awesome, and we want to have him here for a full episode. And we're doing this on the fly because we're back. It seems like we haven't done this in a while. We haven't quit. We haven't been shut down by the government. <laughs> we are broadcasting from an undisclosed location. It's, it's a room at Canterbury Retreat Center. But we're just like, we got to get something out. Yeah. Before we release our next full episode, which we're very excited about, very excited. we recorded with Dr. Hans Borsma on the beatific vision. If that just sounds like I said a bunch of syllables... It'll make sense when you hear the episode. <laughs> and, uh, over the past uh, few days, as we've uh, we've missed some uh, some time because of our busy lives, um, thank you to everyone who has reached out to say, "Hey, where's some where's mm. some sacristy podcast content?" That means a lot to us. That when we're uh, busy and we miss a recording day, uh, that you miss us. We love you, and we think we think the world of that. So thank you. Um, that means. The world to us as we continue to work on this project together. So, uh, because we only have a little bit of time for with uh, Father Josh. When we say a little time, Father Bumstead's car is already on. It, like the AC's on. <laughs> we are walking as we record this. This is a, a moving podcast. If you can get the USB cable off the floor, Father, that would help. Sorry, yeah. No, but a lesser feast. A lesser feast, yeah. This is a lesser, of, lesser feast, right. perhaps. This is one of our lesser feast mini-sodes uh, wherein we really just take to take some time to do some sermon first pass. Uh, and again, in anticipation of that, that fuller episode that's coming out very oh, soon. Sure. Uh, so let's go into the calendar. Uh, we are preparing this uh, in anticipation, once again, of, of Sunday, October 27th, the 20th Pentecost, 20th Sunday after Pentecost. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, give unto us the increase of faith, hope, and charity, and that we may obtain that which thou dost promise. Make us to love that which thou dost command. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Uh, a very brief calendar synopsis we just have we today as we record is a major feast of the church it's october 23rd uh and it is the feast day of james of jerusalem uh, we see james uh, most um i think most powerfully as uh, the convener of the jerusalem council in the book of acts 
He famously wrote direction for the moral care of the newly evangelized Gentiles at the conclusion of that council. As uh, the evangelists were sent to go into communities where Gentiles were to receive the gospel, uh, you know, uh, keep from idols and fornication and a couple other things, and, um, they'll be fine. So uh, exciting, exciting text from the book of Acts. We're looking at the lections for the 20th Sunday after Pentecost, proper 25 in the Revised Common Lectionary. And for the Old Testament, you have options upon options. Yes. Mm, it's a track it. within a track. It's mm. sort of an inception that we're doing here. <laughs> <laughs> and so you can choose from Ecclesiasticus or Sirach, the same book with two different names, chapter 35, verses 12 through 17. Or you can read from Jeremiah, chapter 14, verses 7 through 10, and then verses 19 through 22. The psalm in track 2 is Psalm 84, verses 1 through 6. And then the epistle is a selection from 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 through 8, and 16 through 18. And just stopping there for a second, we're not going to read all those passages, but just to give some context for 2 Timothy before we jump into the sermon first pass. This is Paul, again, writing his protege, Timothy, and he's now in chapter 4 making explicit what's been implicit in the whole letter that... I'm not long for this world, so I'm giving you this charge to take forward the gospel on earth. And then our gospel is Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 14. And I think even in our brief prep, that's where we're going to hang out. So I'm going to go ahead and read that Hmm. uh, for us. Luke chapter 18, starting in verse 9. Jesus told his parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous And regarded others with contempt. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee standing by himself was praying thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all my income. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even look up to heaven but was beating his breast and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his home justified rather than the other, for all who exalt themselves will be humbled, but all who humble themselves will be exalted. Mm. Fathers, what are we preaching on? If you're preaching. Well, I am preaching this week, and these are the the texts, um, especially the, you know, I'm probably going to end up in Sirach, um, and Luke, but it is for us at Emmanuel, it's stewardship season, as it is, I'm sure, for, for many parishes around the church. Uh, and I'm always, especially this year, what we're doing at my parish is really trying to get back to basics about why we give. Why do we, why do we give to the life of the parish? And, and why do we give as Christians, therefore? Why, what, it, is it just to pay the bills? Because we have to pay the bills. What enervates and animates Christian giving? And if it's just to keep the lights on, I find that it, it, it's, no, it's not an offering, really. It doesn't, it doesn't improve the, the, the state of our souls. And God takes it, and God's going to do with whatever he, he's got. He's mm-hmm. going to use it for his kingdom. But is there a way for us to see in these texts a spirit of virtue that 
uh, helps the giver draw closer to Christ in their giving mm-hmm. to increase in us generosity. Yeah, because in the ma- monastic tradition, almsgiving is our weapon against worldliness because right. by giving away our money and our wealth, it's a way that we detach ourselves from the world and the security that it brings us. And as an aside, let's not misread Luke 18 because the Pharisee is the bad guy in the, in the parable. He's the, he's right. the anti-example and he tithes. So Jesus yeah. is not saying, yeah, yeah. you know, don't tithe. Right. <laughs> don't, yeah. don't do that. Yeah. Well, I'm, I don't want to be like the Pharisee, so I'm not going to give anything to the church. I've actually felt, feel with that question. I mean, like that, that's one of those things that's like, well, you know, I don't want to yeah. be like that Pharisee. So I don't, and I'm like, well, to be truly generous, a la the other fella yeah. is to, I mean, to be perfectly honest, it's more than a tithe. It's not just your tithe, but your life. Yeah, it actually intensifies right. under the new covenant of this radical generosity. Right. It's, I mean, what is our offertory? What is it that we're bringing before God every Sunday? I mean, that, that plays into that question. And the worst, the worst thing that I've heard in conversation around stewardship is uh, using God loves a cheerful giver as an excuse to therefore withhold. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. I mean, yeah. you know, when I, uh, I'll be brief about this because it's divulgent, but so you mean like, if I don't want to do it, well, I shouldn't because God right. loves a cheerful giver. Yeah. So I shouldn't yeah. Do yeah. It yeah. This, yeah this, doesn't feel authentic. Okay. this doesn't feel authentic to the current state of my heart. Therefore, <laughs> you know, let me make sure that I can, you know, preach to my own soul to get to the, you know, it's right, just, right. Yeah. it's an absurdity. Um, when I, I'll be brief about this, but when I, when my wife and I first got married, uh, she noticed that I was very free in my, uh, giving to myself. And so she, she being uh, very wise, signed us up for uh, a stewardship class, right? Like how to sure. give God's way and how to live yeah, God's yeah. way to curb my heart. And uh, I remember having a very clear conversation with a, with a person about that. You know, it was like we, we were both tithing at that point and I felt like I had done my duty. And so he's like, well, what are you going to do for the causes that you have a heart in? And uh, that was a real transformative thing for me to, to learn how to live uh, with a free hand and learn, again, the concepts of, own, of stewardship versus ownership. And uh, it's very freeing, yeah. by the way. I mean, you look at even our, even our uh, epistle in Timothy about the freedom that uh, Paul is experiencing in his, you know, I have been poured out as a libation and mm-hmm. my time of departure has come. And I think all of us are searching for that certainty, certainty that self-justification of ourselves mm-hmm. and our lives. Like, have I, have I stewarded the light that you've given me properly? And while we're, you know, I'm young, right? I'm 32. And so I've got this frenetic energy to try to achieve or to try to justify my existence. But to right. find that rest in Christ at the end of the day that says, God, I have done as you have commanded to the best of my ability. That's peace. Mm-hmm. Right. Right? I mean, that's that's our aim. That's what we're hoping for. And if, if giving, if stewardship pulls us along to that place of peace, you know, there is no price that's not worth paying for that sense of rest in God. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> what else is there to say? Yeah. That's really good, Father Josh. Yeah. But again, going back to the monastic hmm. tradition and the ascetical tradition of the, our three weapons, right, against the world, the flesh, and the devil, hmm. prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Prayer is our, our weapon against the devil. The fast, fasting is the weapon against the flesh, almsgiving, the one against the world. And Jesus assumes this in the gospel. It's again, it's not about well, let's set this aside because you re- let's set aside religiosity and just throw it, you know, throw it in the trash, so to speak. What is he teaching? He says, when you pray, 
do it in the secret. Right. When you fast, when you tithe, don't don't sound the mm. trumpet. Right. It's the way in which you. But it's all assuming. It's not if. It's when you do it. Yeah. Do it in this manner, it's, in this way, because this is what it means to be truly yeah. Christ-like. Um, shifting gears a touch, and I'm struck by this portion of Psalm 84, and um, you know we're talking we're talking about the heart of the giver. We're talking about um, you know the increase of generosity uh, through our union with Christ. Another way that we could really be thinking about our stewardship, about caring for our place as our as our parish, right? And we're parish priests, so that's important to us. But notice how it begins. Uh, how dear to me is your dwelling. Uh, o Lord of hosts, my soul is a desire and a longing for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh rejoice in the living God. We love our places of worship. Not because they're beautiful, but they are, and they are. I mean, my, my church, Emmanuel Episcopal Church in the Audubon Park neighborhood in Orlando, Florida, is a gorgeous, gorgeous parish. It's absolutely stunning outside, inside, in the hearts of her faithful people. But the hearts of her faithful people walk in there to meet our Lord, to meet God. And it is important, therefore, for us to maintain this place where we know that God will be present in the gathered people and certainly on the altar with the Blessed Sacrament. It is worthy, therefore, for us to take joy in this place this guarantee of God's presence. I mean, I have the easiest one. I've got Emmanuel. I mean, like, God with us. How hmm. It's so easy to talk about it in that. Uh, but to not shy away from that sense of, of stewardship of our places because we know that God has deigned to be with us. And indeed, I love how this ends. Um, those who go through the desolate valley will find it a place of springs. Think about all those people that we're, that we're trying to reach you know, who have yet to find a place, a yet to find a place of belonging, a yet to find a place of, 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 of uh, encounter with Christ in the sacrament, in his people. For the early rains have covered it with pools of water. This place that we're trying to maintain, where these places that we're trying to maintain are places of cool refreshment because of the ministry of the gospel. Our people will climb from height to height, very literally, right? Up the altar steps to the chancel and to the, up the foot pace and to the altar rail to kneel in front of our Lord. And then the God of gods will reveal himself in the Zion of the altar. Why else do we want to give freely then to be, um, to be good stewards of the place where we can expect to meet Jesus? I've written my sermon. Hmm. So you have good yeah. job. You still got many days before you got to preach it. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> Lord, I've loved the habitation of thy house and the place where thine honor dwelleth. I mean, that's. I mean, in fact, that's actually a pretty good transition to your your next episode. I would guess uh, the presence of God and its, its reforming and transformative work. That's right. Yeah, and when you're in the presence of God and you understand who God is, there's humility. Yes, and indeed. that's really what Luke 18 is, the tax collector. There's this, instead of, I'm good, right? And I love that Luke tells us exactly why Jesus told this parable. It's a great editorial note. Jesus told his parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. There was an arrogance. They didn't understand who God was. And, you know, I've ticked these boxes, so I'm good. 
Whereas the tax collector is humble and there's this incipient Jesus prayer, mm-hmm. right? It's an incipient form of the Jesus prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Which, of course, the Jesus prayer becomes, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Which, by the Orthodox, is prayed continuously by the monks on Mount Athos. Well, it's, it's, it's this it's, constant yeah. posture that God is God and I am, I am not, and I am in need of his mercy and his presence. Because at, as we've learned this week at clergy conference... And being reminded of what we already know. It's not like we were completely aloof. We were created for God, to see God and to be united with him, to be, as Peter says, partakers of the divine nature. There's a lot on on humility, because sometimes we stink at uh, confessing our sins. We can gloss over the confession, Mm -hmm. which is one of the reasons, not to advertise here, that I like the right one confession of sin, because you can't hide behind it. You can't. You know, the burden of our sins is intolerable. It it can be easy sometimes just to kind of pass it. God, you know, sorry, I did some things I shouldn't do instead of like, no, I want to be truly human and in Christ Jesus and follow the Lord. And and Lord, if I've grieved your heart and been a scandal to the gospel, forgive me and reform me in your image. As we conclude a, a mini-sode, I mean, these are all different strains for, I, I hope, that are edifying and encouraging to uh, to the preachers out there, to uh, even to the, the faithful who are um, attending the, uh, the church service. Um, as we conclude, uh, let us pray together the collect for St. James of Jerusalem. Grant, we beseech thee, O God, that after the example of thy servant James the Just, brother of our Lord, thy church may give itself continually to prayer and to the reconciliation of all who are at variance and enmity, through the same our Lord Jesus Christ, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Thank you so much for your patience. Thank you to Father Gritter. Thank you for the invitation. And I, you're going to come back for a full Yeah, you'll be back. Because you were spitting that hot fire. Hot fire. And right. we need you for five hours. I, I have to tell you, I'm, I'm going to make a little plug for you while I'm on here as a guest, because I think I can do that. If you are brushing your teeth, and that is not taking your full attention, tune into the sacristy. If you are in your car on the way to work, if you are in Publix and you got in the wrong line as I tend to do... The sacristy is where you want to be. And so I appreciate you all and the work that God's work that you're doing here in this place. So anyway, thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you, man. Blessings.